Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Sam's not here. I think some of you figured that out. But he had a, um, looks like he had a great weekend. And his, uh, his daughter was married quite a while ago, but they never got to have their wedding day because of COVID. So they celebrated that this weekend. And so uh, he's in a happy spot. He's not sick or anything. He's doing good. He just didn't have time to prepare for today because he was busy, busy, busy doing dad stuff. Also, I think he didn't want to give this talk. So he was like, you just do this last one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's been going through a series called Foundations. And really, um, he's done this before. I think he's tried to do this maybe even like once a year. Sometimes we didn't quite get there. But what it really is is the core values of Genesis. And this time I think he kind of reworded everything because um, sometimes language gets stale or sometimes just words uh, don't connect uh, in their original form. And so he's kind of reworded everything to make it a little bit more palatable, and I've, I've really enjoyed going through it. Um, but before we get started want to thank you all for your support of Genesis. Um, for all those who have given that are here and who are online, uh, that's what keeps us going, keeps the lights on, keeps us able to meet and grow and build and look to the future. And so if you would like to support Genesis, there are several ways you can do that on the screen here. Um, if you want links, you can go to the website, thegenesisstory.com. You can click on any of those things and um, be part of what we're doing here. Um, That's the big announcement today. The other announcement is we do this every Sunday. So if you're tuning in on YouTube and you found us for the first time, we'll be back next week. Um, The ladies have kicked off a book discussion group. And I heard that went really well. So if you haven't uh, heard about this yet, it's been on social media, but if you're not on social media, um, you haven't heard about it, you're, you're welcome. They actually just met for the first time on Thursday, and they haven't started digging into the book yet. I think it was just kind of a, a get-to-know-you night. So um, if you're still interested in that, uh, you can talk to Brianna, and she'd be happy to tell you about what's going on with that. So again, today is the number five of five core values of Genesis. And this one is called creativity is the result of spirituality. Unpack that. 
There's so much stuff going on in the world right now. And it's disheartening to turn on the news because you just, you just feel all this darkness. All the stuff that's happening. There's war. There is uh, all that's involved with that. All the suffering. All the rumors of more, right? Abuse of power. There's loneliness. There's Will Smith. <laughs> All in the news this week. It's been so crazy. Um, but I thought we'd start on a lighter note today, and I'd like to point out some of the inconsistencies in the English language. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you why in just a minute. But let's face it, English can be really silly sometimes. For example, there is no eggs in eggplant. There's no ham in hamburger. There's neither pine or apple in the pineapple. English muffins were not created in England, and French fries were not made or invented in France. Things that make me wonder, right? If writers write, if writers write, how come fingers don't fing? <laughs> or if the plural of tooth is teeth, shouldn't the plural of phone booth be phone beef? This one hits home, right? If, teacher, if the teacher taught, how come the preacher didn't prot? We say he preached, but we don't say the teacher. No, we do. But. If a vegetarian eats vegetarian, uh, vegetables, what the heck does a humanitarian eat? The English language is confusing. If you are learning it for the first time, I'm sorry. Um, but it is a result of people and the creativity of people. It's not made by computers and therefore reflects the creativity of the human race, which of course is not really a race at all. Somebody has said that creativity is the ability to transcend traditional ideas or rules or patterns and relationships to create meaningful new ideas, forms, methods, and interpretations. Creativity is originality. It's progressiveness. It's imagination. And I have three points today. Number one. God is the source of all creativity. You might wonder, what does the Bible have to say about this stuff? So the very first thing we learn in Genesis 1, verse 1, the very first thing we learn about God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. First thing we learn. He created the heavens and the earth. The first thing we learn about God is that he is creative. That he is the creator. He is the source of creativity. Now, the word in the Hebrew that is used in Genesis 1.1 is this word, bara. It means create. 
but not to be outdone by the English language. The Hebrew language can be a mystery too. Bara means created or creating uh, or fashioned or made or shaped or formed, but it can also mean to be fat. <laughs> so if you see a fat artist out there, you can be like, hey man, look at you all, bara. And no one will know what you mean by that. Now, not to be even more confusing, but there are other words for created or creating that are used in the Bible. So, for example, asa. It's another word, it's another Hebrew word that means to make. It gets intertwined with bra a lot, and people try to make it mean something because they have a particular bend, theological bend that they're trying to convince you of. But really, it's kind of like bara asa, made, created. And when we get to uh, Genesis one twenty six, where we're talking about men and women, and God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That is, let us asa. So in the beginning, God bara, he created Verse 26, when he's talking about man, he says, let us asa, man, make. And then verse 27 of Genesis 1, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Every time the word created is used in verse 27, it's bara. Yeah. Brick. Man. <laughs> Just pointing this out. God says, let us saw man in our image, and then he barah. He created them in the next verse. But then in Genesis 2, 7, because I'm going to keep going on this for just a minute, where it says, then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. The word here, where it says the Lord formed the man, is another word for create. That one is yatzer. Always reminds me of yatzi. <laughs> These terms are used in different ways. Um, oftentimes they're used interchangeably in the language, sort of like synonyms in the English language. But bara is only used when it's talking about the creation of God. The other two words, asa and yatzer, they can be used of God or of man's creations. Bara, for some reason, seems to be attached to the creation of God only. But why three words to describe created or create or creating? Why three words to describe the action of the Almighty? I would argue it's because creativity is a quintessential part of who God is. It pours out of him. He creates with his words. He speaks worlds into existence with words. He forms, he fashions, he makes. It's who he is. So 
in the, in the bigger picture, God is good and God is love and God is holy, but God is also creative. And we have to acknowledge that he is the source of creativity. And ultimately, we have to understand that this is why we are also creative. Because we are made in the image of a creative God. We see creative expression all throughout the Bible. In fact, the Bible in itself is a work of literature. It's not just that, but it is a work of literature. And as such, it expresses truths through story, through poems, through vision, through songs, and through letter, all of which we would consider artistic media. For the majority of human history and in cultures around the world, creativity was always seen by outside of uh, Judaism and outside of Christianity even. It was a province not of humanity but of the gods. Creativity came from the heavens. Plato wrote, the poet composes not from knowledge of art but by divine inspiration. The Bible endorses that, not just in principle, but from the pages we learn that music and literature and visual art are meant to be central and a part of our worship. That's why we sing. Ephesians 5, verse 15, starting in verse 15 and going through 21, says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That's a whole verse to unpack at another time, but it's wonderful. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the, what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And Paul reiterates this in Colossians 3.16 where he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We are told in the scriptures that we should address one another in psalms, poetry, and hymns, and songs, and making melody out of gratitude, revering Jesus in our hearts. We're told to write songs. In fact, it's been counted, and I did not count these, but they say there's 185 songs in the scriptures, in the Bible. 185 different songs. Most of those, 80% of those, are going to be in the Psalms. But beyond that, we see you know, Mary's song, we see Hannah's song, the song of Moses, many, many more. Of course, there's also the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon. And the song, they call it the Song of Songs because basically... They're saying, this is the greatest of all songs. Of course, I know some Led Zeppelin fans that would disagree with that. (laughs) 
But in the end, I hope that we would open our eyes to see that this creative force, not just in God's beautiful creation, but also in his communication, the way he speaks through scripture, the way he commands us to speak to one another in our worship. Jesus famously enjoyed speaking or teaching in parables as a favorite way to communicate. He was a master storyteller, a creative genius. He constantly used the ordinary things of life to illustrate, to draw attention to, draw our minds and open our eyes to the kingdom of God that is right before us. Paul famously quotes pagan poets to communicate the truth of who God is to his audience. David wrote this one in Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of my miry blog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. On the pages of the Bible itself, we see over and over and over again songs, poetry, storytelling, and even artistic design. It's all there. Look at Exodus 31. Here, God is giving Moses instructions on how to build the Ark of the Covenant which would come to represent the presence of God to the Hebrew people. And in verse 1 he says, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name. I'm going to mess up these names. I might not even attempt the names. They're there on the screen. (laughs) I almost want to skip this because it's so rough. (laughs) See, I have called by name uh, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for the setting, in carving wood to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him that guy, the son of that other guy of the tribe of Dan. And I have given uh, to all able men ability that they would make, that they may make All that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat that is on it and all the furnishings of the tent. He goes on, but what I want to draw your attention to is that he's saying, I've called specific people and I've given them the ability to make some incredible art. Isn't that wild? Like you might think like, what, what, is, what interest does God have in art? But he has so much interest in it that he has appointed people. He's called them by name out of their tribes and out of their families to say, you're the guy for this job. He has commissioned artists. God has this all mapped out. I don't think it's that different today. Because creativity matters to God. And of course we have this passage from first I'm sorry from Colossians 1:16. <laughs> I almost said first Colossians. 
I'm just pulling Trump up here. Um, for by him all things were created. This is speaking of Jesus, right? Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is not only creative, but he loves creativity. And it was all created for him. So friends, if you're tracking with me this far, we can say that God is the source of all creativity, and we can see that creative creative expression is all over the pages of the Bible. That's point one and point two. Last point. When we are closely connected to the source, that is God. When we are closely connected, creativity is natural in us too. Can I ask you guys, um, who, do, you, do you feel like you're creative? Anybody? Some people, yeah, yeah. Other people are like, maybe sometimes. I find that people maybe have a small view of what that means to be creative. Because maybe you think it means you have to be a painter or you have to be a poet or you have to be a, an author or something like that. But we know even from the people in our own family here that it could be, it could be uh, lots of different things. Because creativity isn't just for the arts. You might you might be able to create an amazing dinner. You might know how to pair foods together in ways that nobody else has thought of. That's creative. You might be able to draw blueprints uh, and design houses or buildings or look at a schematic and see a design flaw. Maybe you can create a video game or a business plan. To our knowledge, Jesus didn't paint any portraits or write any songs. But he was creative in his approach to living. Maybe you're creative at solving problems. So is Jesus. Maybe you're creative at teaching ideas. So was Paul. Maybe you're creative at manipulating people. So was the devil. Oh, no, (laughs) don't. Don't follow that one. Um, (laughs) but maybe you build stuff maybe you have invented something maybe you plant something and grow it in a garden maybe you can crochet maybe you can sew maybe you can take expressive photographs or choose expressive words we have uh, a short video that I'd like to show about it was made by um, two creatives that you all know The thing that I love most about being a creative is that every time I put pen to page, I know something that didn't exist yesterday is gonna enter the world today. Hi, my name is Brian Oliva. The music and poetry fam call me Super B or Superb. I'm a spoken word artist, a poet, a writer, an all around creative. 
And the question is, why do I create? The main reason is because I can't not create. You know, when you hear somebody say like, I can't uh, not go to the gym or I have to work out or I have to, when they say I have to, like that's my have to thing. I think about um, creating basically in every moment of my life, like I feel like most of my life I spend thinking about gravity or how many people are in the world or um, what truth is or what love is and then these things I try to concise into into writing or music. Um, there's this really cool story I love about this, this sculptor who created this really intricate beautiful horse right and the interviewer asked the sculptor how did you make that horse? You know? um, how did you make it look that that perfect. I mean, it looks like a horse was like frozen in time. And the sculptor says, well, I took the rock and I chipped away and, and got rid of everything that wasn't a horse, you know? And I was like, that's so profound. As, a, as an artist, we, we are all constantly taking this raw material and chipping away at it until it becomes something beautiful. And I think this is the essence of an, of an artist. We, we see something and we want to turn it into something else. We're alchemists. We are innovators. We're storytellers. We um, shapeshift. We become something that we, we weren't. We make something that didn't exist. And it's like thinking of it from a, like a God point of view. We, we say God, we're created in God's image. There's something beautiful about that, knowing that God was a creator. He made things, you know, from raw material and then created us from dust. And it's like, Th this image of, of something not existing yesterday and now existing because of me, uh, I mean, I, I, could, I could live the rest of my life knowing that, uh, happy because knowing that I, that I brought something into the world, you know, so that's why I create. Brian couldn't be here this morning, but I thought that was a good way to kind of share uh, his, his perspective on, on what it means to be creative. So too many of us are too quick to dismiss ourselves. I'm not that creative. I don't feel creative. But I want to tell you that you are. It looks different for everybody. But each of you, you know, maybe in a very unique way or a niche way, you make up a kingdom that is built by and for and with and through people who are made in the image of the creative God. We need your niche in the kingdom of God. Because the God who is the source of all creativity, the God who spins creative stories, the God who is the potter to your clay, the God who spins creative stories all through all 66 books of the Bible, 
the God who created you and his creative image values that in you. And why is this so important? Why are we spending time on this today? Because we're Genesis. We have a unique place right here in Upland to do a unique work together. And we need each other and we need every gift working together. Because God is making everything new. He is recreating us, our city, our state, our country, our world. And God is inviting us to create a better world with him. In the beginning, we see a God who creates materials like rocks and sticks and gravity and iron and water. But God also creates with inspiration in mind. So sticks grow in beautiful forests. Rocks come from glorious, gorgeous mountains and water from the powerful oceans. God invites humanity to create something too, to co-create. Like he said to Adam, have dominion over the earth and subdue it. He created it, and then he wanted Adam to move into it. Humanity is drawn into God's creation. We are also invited to co-create or recreate God has created, and we are invited to join him. So for us today, the idea, I think, is similar. Spirituality is collaboration with God. It is co-creating. It is taking your God-given creative potential and using that potential to make the world better, to make it dance, to teach it to sing, and now I sound like a Coca-Cola commercial. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to teach the world to sing. <laughs> Let's bring this to a close. When you think about Genesis, about what on earth can this little church do in such a big world? Or even in the middle of a city like Upland. Look at us. Look at us. Who on earth do we think we are out here talking a mean game about how we're going to change the world? So to that, I'd like to quote Mother Teresa, who said, never worry about numbers. Help one person at a time. And always start with the person closest to you. Listen, now like really for a minute, listen to the sound between your own ears. I'll shut up. But I think God has something for everyone to do. The things he's given you passion for. The thing he's giving you concern for even as you consider this. The thing he's put in your heart to do. An idea. An inkling of something that you might not even yet be able to put your finger on. That thing. Those collective inklings. This is how. This is what happens when you realize that you are connected to the source. This is the work of creativity. It's calling us to build something together that we could never build 
by ourselves. This is what Genesis is about. It isn't coming to sit on Sunday mornings and then go out for lunch. It is this. It is us. It is a family listening for the inklings of the kingdom of God and then joining God as he builds and creates his kingdom right here and now. And maybe, just maybe, it starts where it all started. In the beginning, God created. Father, thank you for the pages of scripture that are filled with inspiration. And maybe we don't look for those things. Maybe we're not counting songs in the scriptures. Maybe we don't realize how important creativity is to you or how quintessential it is to your character. But when we look for it, it's easy to find. And I pray, Father, that you would keep that in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives as we live and move and have our being. That you would constantly bring us back to seeing things that aren't there yet because they still have to be created. When we look at our city and we see the problems, help us to be the creative solution bearers. When we look at our neighborhood and we see somebody lonely or hurting, help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to see creatively, but not just for the sake of building our name, but for the sake of building your kingdom. And help us to find family in that. Your family, your children, together at work. So Lord, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for um, anything that you have spoken to us today and let everything else just fall away. We thank you for being the God who created and who was creating us. In Jesus' name, amen. Sam always does a benediction, so I will too. Let Let me pray for you guys. Father, we thank you again, and we, we, just, we just pray, Father, that as we move forward from this place, uh, like every Sunday we move forward, I pray that we would push forward. And I pray that you would give everyone here strength and open their eyes to their own creativity and help us to work together to build what you have for us to build as Genesis. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.